What's up, baseball fans? Today we have a very special guest with us, Kerry Crowley, beat reporter for the San Francisco Giants. Hope you enjoy. Yeah, so the the first topic we kind of wanted to jump into is just, I mean, the depth that this team is showing. I mean, it's pretty pretty crazy. It seems like we're able to pick these guys up from Sacramento and plug them in, and they're really doing well. So I we just wanted to start off with uh, Lamonte Wade. Um, he starts at first, and... I think the way he's playing, it's looking like, I don't know, he could take Belt's job next year. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I know he had the leadoff home run on Sunday. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I think in an ideal world uh, for the Giants, fans wouldn't even know about Lamont Wade right now because he was the fifth string first baseman entering the season and the Giants at one point were down their top four, but it really speaks volumes about the depth that – Farhan Zaidi and Scott Harris have accumulated to have a situation where you can turn to your fifth string guy and he can be a really productive major league player. Lamont Wade looks like he belongs at the major league level. This guy is not overwhelmed in the leadoff spot in the order. He can play all three outfield positions, just handled first base really nicely. He looks like a good young depth piece for this team for years to come. And whether it's at first base or in the outfield, I, I just think that they're confident in his approach at the plate. Uh, I think that he's taken to kind of the new instruction that the hitting coaches have given him since he was acquired in the trade this off season and they couldn't be more pleased with what Wade has shown so far. Yeah. I mean, he's only 27 and um, he's, you know, we traded Sean Anderson to the uh, Minnesota for, um, for him. And he's, I mean, he's grinded ABs. He's done, he's done what a lot of the giants, like uh, a lot of the giants players do is sees a lot of pitches, grinds at bat and has a Han, high on base percentage. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's a key. You know, you look at Wade's numbers when he was first acquired from the Minnesota Twins, the average was low, but the on-base percentage was high. And that told the Giants that he was seeing the ball well, and maybe he just had had a small sample size of at-bats where the balls that he did put in play, uh, they weren't falling. And so I think that they had confidence that the average would come up, the OPS would climb, but he already had the most important element of their kind of offensive approach and that's the plate discipline and so it's no surprise to them that wade has been able to transition that uh to the organization to the major league level so far yeah, yeah i mean just going off of what jordan said i mean and what you guys were talking about his numbers in minnesota he was hitting like in 2019 uh he only had 56 plate appearances but he hit 196 but his on-base percentage was 348 so i mean you kind of see what i mean we were talking about before the season, Jordan, like Zaidi and uh, Scott Harris are looking for guys that can get on base. And I think that a lot of, I think that I, I know when I was um, working on uh, questions for you today, uh, Mr. Crowley, like I totally forgot that Tommy Lestell is out <laughs> and we signed him. Uh, he was one of, he was the biggest signing that, um, that uh, Scott Harris and Farhan Zaidi gave, um, to a free agent uh, in their time here at the, on the Giants. So I, I, I'm just been so impressed with this team. And I think that once we get healthy, it's going to be interesting because you have a lot of guys like Lamonte Wade and, I mean, even Vossler and all these guys, like they're producing. And I don't – it'll be interesting to see once the, the starters at the start of the season come back. Yeah, I think so. And just kind of the caveat to all of that is – 
while they would love to have every player healthy at one time, it's just not realistic. And specifically during the 2021 season, injuries are at an all-time high across Major League Baseball. They've skyrocketed across the league. And so it's not just the Giants. Every team's depth is being tested. So when one guy comes back, chances are another guy's going to go down and you're just going to continue to see this cycle all season. Maybe they'll have parts of the year where, you know, they can have some productive players like Stephen Duggar, Lamont Wade down at AAA, but for the most part, you're going to be needing to exercise all of that depth on the 40 man roster and then some. And so I think that instead of looking at the guys who are projected to come back from the injured list and, and what will happen, I like to take it as a day by day approach and just, with how fluid this roster is right now. Yeah, I totally agree. But um, you brought up a great point, Steven Duggar. I mean, what a story he's been. He's, you know, he got sent down. His fielding was always there. He's always been a great center fielder. He's always been able, he's always been fast, but the hitting wasn't there. And this year he came up, started mashing versus righties. And now he's starting to hit lefties. And I mean, who knows, maybe he can just start, you know, for the next few years, he'll be our starting center fielder against both uh, righties and lefties. Cause I know they're platooning him with uh, Slater. Yeah, Stephen Duggar's story is really incredible. And, you know, you go from being probably the eighth or ninth guy on this outfield depth chart during spring training to the most productive player in the Giants outfield on June 8th. It is pretty remarkable. And it's a testament to Stephen Duggar that he stayed consistent and shown up to work every day with uh, with the desire to put as much work in as possible and to improve because he has not had it easy the last few years been a little bit buried on the depth chart he's someone who was definitely a favorite of the previous front office regime and Brian Saving and Bobby Evans so to work himself back into the favor of Farhan Zaidi and Scott Harrison to become a player that they can trust that they can turn to and who could be really productive I mean that is you need stuff like that to happen for you to be in first place. And Steven Duggar is one of the main reasons why I think this Giants season has been special so far for a lot of fans. It's stories like his, stories like Lamont Wade's, and uh, the Giants fans certainly would love to see a lot more of that down the stretch. Yeah, I think it's it's important to notice uh, note with Duggar. I think the Giants have him locked up for a while. Um, so I don't think he becomes a free agent until 2026. Um, so, I mean, if he can keep playing the way he is, I think kind of what Jordan said, he could be our starting center fielder, uh, for these, for the next couple of years. Yeah. I, I think that in a perfect world, that's exactly what the giants would love to see for him to use the rest of the season to, to go out and win that starting job and to leave no doubt and to hit 300 with an 800 OPS and to play the great center field that he's having, you know, the key for all of these guys that we've mentioned is consistency and is doing it over a bigger stretch than 10 to 15 to 20 games. It's doing it over a hundred games. Like they saw from Mikey Stremski in 2019, that's what gave them the confidence to go into the 2020 season saying that they could trust him. And so I think that while these guys have been nice stories so far, the giants definitely are not going to make any long-term decisions until uh, September, October rolls around and they, they've got a much larger sample size to draw from. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess our next point is, you know, everything, everything has been going really well for the Giants, but one, one kind of, you know, piece of the team that's been holding us back just a little bit has been the bullpen, you know? I mean, Tyler Rogers has been incredible. Um, Jake McGee's been up and down. Zach Littell, since they brought him up, has been lights out. But, I mean, the Giants, in my opinion, they need a few more, you know, veteran pieces that can come in and that they can trust to, to put a zero on, either a setup man or just some middle relievers. 
Yeah, and I think that the bullpen is going to continue to change throughout the course of the season. I don't think that the bullpen that we saw, you know, on opening day is even remotely close to the bullpen that we see right now, and they're going to continue to tinker and change. You know, in the last few weeks, we've seen them bring up Zach Littell and Dom Leone. They took a look at Nick Tropiano, and while that didn't work out, there are going to be other guys who come into this equation throughout the course of the season, whether they go out and make a push for a Richard Rodriguez or a Taylor Rogers at the trade deadline from Pittsburgh and Minnesota respectively, or they look in-house and, you know, they've got guys like Camilo Duvall and Gregory Santos developing at AAA. They've got a Connor Menez who's come up and been a bright spot for this bullpen in a very limited sample size. So I do think that the bullpen more so than any other aspect of this roster is constantly evolving and when you look at the 2020 season under Gabe Kapler, uh, the first 16 to, to 20 games or so, things weren't pretty for the Giants bullpen. They blew a lot of leads. Uh, Trevor Gott didn't settle into the closer role, and they had to kind of make do with what they had. But over the second month of that season into September, they had the best bullpen in the major leagues outside of the Tampa Bay Rays. And I think that uh, the philosophy is to use the first 60 games to kind of evaluate and see what you have and then use the next hundred to go forth and figure out, you know, who you can trust, uh, who you do trust and where you need to add. And so I think that there, there's always a constant calculation when it comes to evaluating, developing and acquiring bullpen pieces. So uh, throwing uh to that, to that same note, uh, who do you think the Giants would give up to get a player like, for example, Taylor Rogers? I mean, I know we have our farm system is doing really good with like Marco Luciano, Helia Ramos, um, Joey Bart, etc. Do you think we'd give up a guy like Luis Mateos? Um, I mean, I know uh, Kyle Harrison's doing really good in San Jose. Um, do you think that we could package them up and get a guy like Taylor Rogers? I don't see the Giants trading anyone who's among the top 10 prospects in their farm system. It's just not really a part of the, you know, building the long-term sustainable uh, winner that Farhan Zaidi and Scott Harris and Gabe Kapler have all envisioned for the franchise. And I don't necessarily think that you need to trade a top 10 prospect from the farm system to go out and acquire a relief pitcher. So I think that they'll, constantly be evaluating you know which prospects they can feel comfortable parting with they've got a lot of catching depth uh not necessarily as much starting pitching depth uh, a little bit of outfield depth so you know if if you look outside the top three to four prospects at the positions of strength for the giants in the farm system and see guys who could still help another organization that's where you're most likely going to be comfortable making those types of trades where you're acquiring a major leaguer and giving up a minor leaguer yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, besides, you know, acquiring a reliever or two at the deadline, do you see the Giants making any moves outside of, you know, the the bullpen? Or do you think they'll stay put with with the depth that we've we've got? I'm of the belief that they should go out and get a starting pitcher just because the sooner they do that, the sooner they can eliminate uh, a starter from a market that doesn't necessarily promise to have a whole lot of good quality veteran starters out there right now. And they would be taking away someone who could potentially help another team in the division, whether it be the Padres or the Dodgers or another team in the national league, such as the Nets or the Braves. And so I just think that you can never have enough starting pitching. We've seen, uh, you know, when the giants were good in 2010, 2012 and 2014, starting pitching was always uh, either a dominant part of the team or a part of the team that they look to add uh, to at the trade deadline. And so I think that that's just going to be a constant across Major League Baseball this year is with all the injuries kind of ravaging pitching staffs, 
uh, the teams that go out and are aggressive in their pursuit of starting pitchers, I think are going to look best at the end of the day. Who do you guys, like, which kind of, or who are a few names that you could see the Giants possibly getting, like maybe a Jose Barrios or? Yeah, I, I think that the, the names are, are still relatively limited at this point because there's not a whole lot of clearly defined sellers. You know, you look at the Minnesota Twins, you mentioned Barrios. I think Michael Pineda would be a, a potential option for this team. Matt Boyd of the Detroit Tigers looks like he's someone who uh, could help a, a squad at the end of the season. Uh, you look around at the National League West and, and even John Gray of the Colorado Rockies. I know that the Giants uh, would love to make a, a trade involving him. Uh, it's just a matter of what the Rockies trade him in the division. And then, uh, you know, you go around, it, it is interesting. They gave up Tyler Anderson. Uh, he was under contract, under team control, and the Giants non-tendered him at the end of uh, the offseason last year. And Tyler Anderson's having a fantastic year so far for the Pittsburgh Pirates. So he seems like he's someone who could be on the move. And I don't think that he'll be coming to San Francisco. But I do think that there are, of the clearly defined sellers so far, there, there's a few names that have begun to emerge. And uh, to me, Pineda, Boyd, Gray, those are all ones who uh, we'll just continue to be talking about as the summer evolves. So shifting topics here, I mean, we're talking a little bit about starting pitching. I know within the past couple of weeks, a lot of the sports media has caught up on the topic of uh, pitchers using foreign substances and, you know, whether it's rosin and a mixture of sunscreen or whatever the guys are using, but they have uh, MLB has come out and said, they're going to start cracking down on pitchers using foreign substances. I know uh, Garrett Cole, uh, this past, his past start, uh, the umpires checked, they were checking uh, for substances with him and he actually got rocked. So what are your thoughts on that? And I know like, I mean, if you watch baseball a lot, you can tell the guys are going like this. I mean, Gosman at the start of the season is going like this. I mean, all the pitchers are really using it, but I don't know how I really feel about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that the sooner they get it out of the game, the better. Um, it's It really comes down to uh, leveling the playing field, inducing more offense. We're at a point where uh, I think that the development of these substances has reached kind of a peak and pitchers have figured out for whatever uh, reason, the concoction that, that, you know, jumps their spin rates the most or uh, adds some life to their fastball more than uh, more than it should. And so I just think that it would be wise in major league baseball to crack down sooner rather than later. And anything that enhances some players performance that's unnatural should uh, be out of the game as soon as possible. And so while it has been rampant across the league, and I think that, you know, there's, there's pitchers on every team using substances uh, the league would be wise to uh, get get this issue taken care of as soon as possible. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. Um, it's kind of been wild. I mean, this year has just been such a pitching year. There's been so many no-hitters with John Means, Orioles, Corey Kluber, Spencer Turnbull. There's been a lot of a lot of no-hitters. And um, there was even – I saw a few videos of, like, John Means suspected cheating during his no-hitter. So I think it's definitely wise for the MLB to crack down on this and – you know, people, I mean, people want to see home runs. People want to see hitting people, you know, there's one of the main reasons why baseball is declining. There wasn't enough, you know, young talent. There wasn't enough like excitement to the game. So I think it's definitely good that they're doing this. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So what are your thoughts on uh, Sam Long? I know he's supposed to start tomorrow against the Texas Rangers. Um, I was I went back and watched uh, a little bit of his highlights in uh, AAA. I mean, 
the guy's stuff looked great. He's out of uh, Sac, Sac State, um, so kind of a local guy. Um, his stuff looked amazing. He kind of looked like he was a little uh, three uh, low in three quarters, um, late breaking movement on his uh, on his hook, and his fastball looked electric. Um, so maybe he'll be a guy that um, kind of like uh, Logan Webb that can step in and and, and do some uh, productive uh, pitching. Yeah, I think the Giants are really, really excited about the ways that Sam Long can help the club during the second half of the season. There's no question that he was one of the big stories during spring training. I mean, from the day he threw his first bullpen, both Gabe Kapler and Buster Posey were kind of buzzing about the stuff that Sam Long brings to the table. He fills up the strike zone. He fans a lot of batters with that hammer curveball that really is a tremendous asset for him. I just think that if you're looking at someone who you want to rely on to go three to four innings at a time and kind of blow hitters away, Sam Long is a great option for you. The one thing that I would point out is he didn't really struggle this year in the minor leagues, and he's going to struggle in the major leagues at some point. The Giants are going to have to live with that, and how he bounces back from those struggles is going to define Sam Long's season. And so uh, that's just something that I would look for early on. You know, when he's in trouble, when there's runners on first and third, when a guy tags him for a home run, how does Sam Long respond? Because uh, so far he's been so dominant that he hasn't faced much adversity. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I mean, that kind of just sounds like the stories of Camilo Duvall and Gregory Santos. They both, they both just had, electric stuff they just couldn't really locate and I think that just led to a bunch of long balls and a bunch of hitters just tagging them and I think you know they didn't really respond the way they did um I definitely think that they'll be up maybe September or even this year but they they do have great stuff just like Sam Long I think it just kind of goes you need you need to be able to locate because you can have electric stuff you can throw hard in the majors but if you leave it over the plate you're not they're gonna hit it yeah absolutely and I think that we saw Doval and Santos, and look, they throw harder than Sam Long does, but what I would point out is that Sam Long has also got much better command of his fastball and his breaking ball than either of those two guys, and so I think that that's why the Giants are giving him that opportunity and giving him uh, a chance at this juncture of the season to, to show whether he can continue to, uh, to build off of the hot start at double and triple A. So what are your um, – so I know uh, – Crawford, Posey, and Belt are all free agents after the season. And with the Giants, I believe they only have about 50, between 50 or $60 million committed the next year. Um, do you see them signing all three guys? Uh, or do you see them letting go of Belt? Or, I mean, I hope they wouldn't let go Posey. I don't think they will the way he's playing. But what are your thoughts on that? Uh, it's too soon to say, to be quite honest. I think that in an ideal world, if, if all three of these guys continue to contribute the way that they have during the early portion of the season, the Giants will find a way to keep them in a Giants uniform. They've been productive. The Giants uh, are familiar with them. All three want to return to San Francisco, and they can work things out. Like you mentioned, the Giants do not have a lot of money on the payroll for next year. And so I, I just truly believe that if they continue to put up numbers and prove they can be starter caliber players in this league, and they've more than proven that throughout the 2021 season, there's a lot of incentive for both parties to get deals done to bring them back. Do you see the Giants going after a big name free agent? I mean, Noah Syndergaard's out there. I know Corey Seager, um, Trevor Story, if he doesn't get extended, but I know we have like Luciano, Will Wilson in the farm system. Do you see the Giants going after any big names? 
the one who makes the most sense to me is Chris Bryant plays five positions OPS near a thousand his on base percentage has always been about 80 points better than his batting average if you're looking at a prototypical Farhan Zaidi Scott Harris player Chris Bryant's that guy he he works deep counts he plays uh, a number of positions effectively on the diamond he just seems to me like he would be an incredible addition to the franchise because you're talking about a player who it doesn't matter who you've got coming through the farm system. He's so versatile that he's not going to block anyone. He's not going to stand in anyone's way. And he's going to continue to be a middle of the order bat for years to come. So I think that of all the free agents hitting the market next off season, Chris Bryant's the best fit. Will the giants go after him? It's too soon to know, but I do think that if they're going to make a big splash, uh, they will be connected with Bryant. Yeah, I think, Bryant makes a lot of sense, uh, just the fact that he's so or versatile. And I know uh, uh, Farhan and Kapler love those guys that can play multiple positions. Um, with that being said, I know this Giants team uh, leads or is second in the league in home runs. Uh, do, you th- do you think they can keep this up? I mean, it's, it's just crazy. I know Giants fans aren't really used to seeing um, this many home runs, but do you think they can keep this up? Absolutely. That's kind of how this team is built right now. And I think that we've seen, you know, the power production coming from a wide variety of spots in this lineup. Is there going to be a 30 home run hitter on the Giants? Uh, Not necessarily, but I do think that we have seen enough that there could be, you know, four or five 20 home run hitters. There could be 10, 10 home run hitters. There's that much versatility, that, that much depth on this roster. And so, while you may not see the big guy at the you know end of the season leading the league or even in the top 10, you will see a lot of balance and you will see this team continue to, to hit the baseball like we've seen during the first 59 games of this season.